This is Cody Daigle Oriens, and welcome to Bearded Fruit Unedited, the raw conversations that are edited down into the final versions of our podcasts. These conversations contain the outtakes that don't make it into our program, so if you enjoyed the completed episode, you might find something worth chewing on here. Enjoy, and make sure you follow us at www.beardedfruit.com for new episodes. Hi, this is Cody Daigle Orians. And this is Neil Daigle Orians. And uh, we're we're back for another episode of the Bearded Fruit Podcast. Hooray! After many months of not I don't know what you're talking about. That was like yesterday. <laughs> it was October. Oh. Um, so we are back doing the podcast, and we're doing the podcast together. And today we're going to be talking about three queer things. Just Yay. stuff that's happening in the queer world. Um, pop culture and other things. Um, I'm going to edit a lot of that. <laughs> um, I hope you do. So the first thing that we're going to... So the first thing we're going to chat about, of course, is incredibly important, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Season 8 I announcement. I don't think there's anything more important in the world right now. Not a thing. I'm um, sorry, North Korea. After a very long wait, we are finally uh, possessing the knowledge of who the queens are for Season 8, and that's a very exciting season because this is the 100th queen mm-hmm. on the program. Uh, and uh, the season will start in March, so uh, we thought we would talk a little bit about our thoughts <laughs> and feelings about the various queens. A definite emphasis on feelings, because we're all about feelings at Bearded Fruit. So, I just, I'm so happy that Bob the Drag Queen is on season eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob the Drag Queen is fierce and amazing and wonderful and... Uh, about time that someone that incredible is on the show. Yeah, it's 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 a, it'll be really interesting to see what she uh, what she does. She already has like a really solid social media presence. So if she is top three, there's pretty much no question whether or not she goes far, uh, whether or not she wins. Um, just because she's already she's already got that um, presence. Um, like I, I see that video of her um, doing the uh, how to get away with murder thing Viola on Tumblr. Davis. I see that, like, every week. At least once a week it pops up. It's good for her. It's good for Viola Davis. It's good for Pop-Tarts. It's... Oh, wow. That's why we've been eating so many Pop-Tarts lately. That's why we've been eating That explains everything. And um, I'm also very excited that Kim Chi is Uh in the competition. I called that one. I have been following both Kim Chi and Bob on Instagram for a while, and she totally just disappeared for three weeks. Um, So I called that. Um, I will pull that hipster card any day that I followed Kim Chi before she was on Drag Race. And it's a, to me, it's a very interesting season because it there are no big girls in the competition. No big girls, but it's very season. racially diverse. It's very racially Which is diverse. interesting. Um, and like it seems like the forerunners are all queens of color. Queens of color? <laughs> that's, that's... On a, next week's yeah, bearded fruit. Next week, queens of color. But I also feel like it's... Um, there's something more exciting and... Um, there's something more exciting about the queens on this season than mm-hmm. last season. I don't mm-hmm. remember feeling the same kind of excitement about getting to know some of these performers that I did last year. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, the, the only real queen from last season that I was really super interested in was Max before before the season. Then, of course, like, um, I fell in love with Katya. Um, 
but yeah, like Max was the only queen that I saw that I was like, oh, that's interesting. Gray hair everywhere. And she was also like 22 when they filmed that. Um, but yeah, this season there are a, a few that um, really ring out. Uh, Kimchi, Bob the Drag Queen, but also like Dax exclamation point. Thorgy Thor. Um, Thorgy Thor. Um, Derek Belli. I mean, <laughs> haha, nobody's made that joke yet, right? Derek Barry. Derek Barry. Oh God, he has a last, he has a B last name. Oh man. Yeah, it certainly feels like there will be heartbreaking eliminations uh, earlier mm-hmm. than others, mm-hmm. than for other seasons. What do you think of the um, 50s style promo that they decided to do? I love the 50s really? style promo. Yeah, I do. I thought some of the some of the lines that weren't RuPaul's that were the other queens were really like forced and not good but visually i thought it was really interesting because it took all of the queens out of what they normally do and so we're going to learn do that though like they normally yeah but but this is even like farther for everybody we're not really going to get to know their individual styles until we actually get to the show which Mm -hmm. is kind of interesting do you think matthew anderson painted all of those faces i think photoshop painted all of those faces (laughs) photoshop by matthew anderson it's the new um makeup line so we will go down the list of the drag queens on okay. season eight and um, our kind of our quick take on each of those Yay. drag queens. Yes. Uh, alphabetically, Acid Betty. Mm-hmm. She's really going with the alphabet with that because AB, like, she's really pushing for that. She's living for the alphabet. She's living for the alphabet. So Acid Betty. Oh, what about her? She is acidic, apparently. I'm actually pretty blind when it comes to all of these. I haven't watched the videos yet. Um, so I'm just going to read this little Entertainment Weekly thing. Oh, wow. Even Bianca Del Rio won't F with her. That's the T. I don't... Like, she doesn't have $100,000 yet. Like... No. <laughs> why? What? Who says that? Who? Like... I don't know. We're going to edit this part out. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. Sorry. So let's just go through... The, just think if they're like filler queen, if they're going to go very far. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so Acid Betty. Um, I don't know. I I feel like Acid Betty might be one of those. She, it could go either way with me, whether or not she's a filler queen or um, if she actually goes somewhere. Um, I feel like she's going to be one of those mid-season queens Yeah, she might well. be a milk. She might be a milk. Mm-hmm. Definitely not a milf, but probably a milk. Bob the drag queen bob the drag queen can she turn it crown it i i feel like she's gonna go incredibly what you folks at home couldn't see is cody taking his hands and (laughs) doing the gesture of crowning see this is a an audio podcast people aren't very visual with those things Mm. especially when you don't give them a clue doesn't matter i crowned it pretend you're talking to blind people i crowned it okay i think bob the drag queen's gonna go incredibly far obviously um and just my what I really love about Bob the Drag Queen, and uh, you can you can see it in the per, like the YouTube performances, crazy, and the the Martin Luther King I Have a Dream speech. Um, she's mm-hmm. not only incredibly funny and fierce, but she's also incredibly smart and is doing really interesting things performance wise. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. she's got all the qualities to come in her, and just slay it. Her spoken word splicing in her in her songs. Um, She's really. Fun. She did. I'm not sure if you saw this on YouTube like two days ago. Not to date the episode, but she did a how to put a condom on tutorial with a porn star, and it wasn't edited at all. Like you saw full on eight inch uncut dong. Um, 
and like <laughs> I watched it and went oh and then eight hours later I saw it was still up so yeah <laughs> if you want she's to... also got the funniest Super Bowl vine that I've seen I haven't, this year. I haven't seen that it's yet. fierce we'll link to it on the site because it's everything okay next Chi Chi Devane, our Shreveport queen. I, I'm gonna just props for a Louisiana queen finally making it on the show, uh-huh. but I understand why it's taken eight seasons for a Louisiana queen to make it on the show. Ooh, talk about some shade. Cajun, Cajun shade. Cajun shade. I feel like she will have to really pull out some major personality and surprising talent. To... I'm just gonna throw this out there. When Googling her to get like better images of her, uh, halfway down the page I start seeing kimchi. <laughs> so that shows me how relevant she is. I mean, good for you getting on the season. I mean, somebody's gotta be on it. Cynthia Lee Fontaine. Now she is a, one of the Puerto Rican queens representing Puerto Rico this mm-hmm. season. Um, she's really beautiful and her Meet the Queens interview was actually really sort of funny and fun. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that she kind of gives me a little bit of a Jocelyn Fox mm. vibe. She, so maybe she'll be the black horse of the... <laughs> she looks kind of like a pretty candy hoe. Shade. Yeah, a little bit. Hashtag shade. A little bit. But like, like she really, Hashtag like, the library is open. She looks like a soft candy hoe a soft candy soft hoe. candy hoe like a taffy like a taffy a taffy mm, hoe a taffy that's like been in your mouth for a little bit so it's like warm and like kind of slippery Derek Barry and he's the Britney Spears impersonator yeah I would um, I, I really hope he does someone else for Snatch Game um only because we've already seen a really really good Britney through Tatiana like Brit- Tatiana's Britney was really funny especially given the fact that season two there was no context for what the snatch game runs so like she did that blind and it was just amazing so um that plus like i feel like it's expected like like chad michaels when he did share it's like okay like (laughs) but if it's what you're good at and like props to chad michaels for only doing it that one time and then not doing share the rest of the time um that was definitely like a smart move on chad's part but like i don't know because we, we know that she looks like Britney. Can she sound like Britney and make her funny? I think what's probably the bigger challenge for Derek Barry will be the same thing that uh, like Carmen Carrera and Courtney Act have gotten is uh, stop relying on that body. That is mm. she going to just be a really fishy, really gorgeous queen mm-hmm. or does she have a lot of other things to offer? Mm-hmm. Which is funny in Courtney Act's um, uh, part because like she did have other things to offer and she still got critiqued for that. So sometimes those other things just aren't good enough. Kimchi, kimchi. Mm. I think she's gonna go really far. Yeah. Well, she's our. Um, she and Bob, I've already seen, are um, booked for DragCon. So that pretty much. So that pretty much means that she's like going to go far. Like they they don't do that kind of stuff unless they go far or unless they already have like a really solid following, which Kimchi does. She has a really high um, fan base already. I hope we see our first Asian queen in the top three. Raja. Oh, Manila Luzon. Oops. And Raja. Edit out. <laughs> Raja's technically Asian. Technically Asian. India is in Asia. That's true. <laughs> uh, Lila McQueen. I, who? <laughs> I feel like that might be enough. <laughs> Naomi Smalls. She is kind of gorgeous. She gives me the Lanesha Sparks vibe. Mm. Um, she's really, really beautiful. Um, I, I don't know that she has quite the personality to kind of knock some of these other big performers out, but she is 
quite gorgeous, and I'm hoping that she serves some like really serious looks. Well, only one way to find mm-hmm. out. <laughs> uh, Nisha Lopez from Chicago. Na- I think Nisha was pretty. I don't know. She was pretty forgettable. Yeah, I don't me. really have quite a quite a bead on her, even if, mm-hmm. after watching her Meet the Queens interview. I don't really mm-hmm. kind of know what she is about. Nasha Lopez, more like Felicia Lopez. Am I right, fellow gays? Moving on, Robbie Turner. Pregnant pause. Pregnant pause. <laughs> Robbie Turner. What's up with all these queens having like dudish names? You got Bob. You got Derek. You got Robbie. Well, let's not be misogynistic. I said dude-ish. Um, I'm interested to see what Robbie Turner's all about. Um, oh, Seattle Queen. For Seattle Queen, so I expect it's going to be kind of weird and funny and mm-hmm. uh, on the campsite. Plot twist, total pageant girl. Total pageant girl. <laughs> I've seen her looks. I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. And um, last, but definitely not least, Thorgy Thor. Um... Just, from Brooklyn. Well, throwing this out there, there are a lot of New York queens on this list. Yeah. And there are a handful of Chicago queens as well, so that's interesting. Um, I think Thorgy Thor is going to be a formidable force. Mm-hmm. She's pretty incredible. And, and she can play cello. And she can play cello. And she can play cello. That's basically Alaska. Or even weirder. I mean, she seems a little weirder than Alaska, which is kind of a funny thing to say, but mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing what she does i think she's gonna go far word so like before even seeing an episode top three before seeing an episode top three yeah okay um bob the drag queen kimchi thorgy thor those are my three that i'm rooting for thanks for answering the question that you posed to me before i had a chance to answer the question um uh definitely bob the drag queen i don't know if kimchi is a top three only because I haven't seen her perform. She can beat a face and she can make a look, but can she perform? Like, half of Drag Race is performance. Um, and who knows, maybe maybe this season they'll focus a lot more on fashion like they did season three, so then maybe Bob will be out of the race as, as a result of that. But anyway, um, obviously Bob. Um, I really do like Thorgy. Um, I like what she does. And I kind of want to see Dax. I kind of want to see Dax! Exclamation point. Um, uh, or 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 Acid Betty, one of those like really out there queens. Awesome, yay! So now we move on. Yeah. Sybilis, Sybilis, check two three check. So in another queer thing, um, uh, this isn't this week, but but earlier this month, um, the Advocate released a list of their queerest cities in America for the 2016 list. Uh, and topping the list is our new hometown, Hartford, Connecticut. We put the heart in Hartford. Um, and the list is a, is a really strange list of cities, cities that you would not expect to be considered the queerest cities in America. Um, and so after reading the article about the list of the cities, I went to look at the criteria for the advocate list. And um, it's, it's an interesting list. To say the least. So, here's how the advocate decided for the criteria for the queerest cities in America. Uh, there are ten criteria that they were judged on. Uh, here they are: the number of LGBT film fests, non-discrimination protections in adoption. That's okay, great. Yeah. 
um, chapter of the National LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Ooh, That's yeah. good. Openly queer mayor. Great. Ooh, work. Uh, gay bookstores. Okay. Super. LGBT sites in the National Register. Oh. One point for each. Okay. Um, and then things get a little, freaky. A little... uh, musical tours. One point for each tour of Janet Jackson, Ariana Grande, Carly Rae Jepsen, or Madonna. Mm. Um, one point for each Soul Cycle workout studio, Barry's Boot Camp studio, or a Sean T. Beachbody event. Before you go on, I've never heard of any of those things. Continue. <laughs> I think if you look at our pictures, you kind of know why. Um, <laughs> what are you saying? Places with landmarks that went rainbow for marriage equality. One point for each location. So if they put some colored lights on a building, mm-hmm. or your city is queer. Or if they accidentally still had their Christmas lights out, that counts. And my favorite, um, the number of Scream Queens or American Horror Story viewing parties. So these are the criteria for... Whether or not a city is the queerest city in America. So today we learned that the advocate doesn't actually hire statisticians. Um, they don't actually hire researchers. <laughs> but more problematic to me and more concerning to me is that the the notion of what a queer city is, according to the advocate, with this this magazine that is supposed to be this re- document of record for for the LGBT community, that queerness in a city is basically just stuff white gay men like to do on the weekends. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really, to be fair, we're not really talking about... um, Historical relevance within the movement. How a queer community is embraced or treated by the community as a whole. What Mm -hmm. what are the conditions for um, LGBT youth? Um, What... How are trans people and... um, Gender fluid or gender queer people treated in this community? How are people of color, queer like, people of color, treated if, in the community? If you're really looking at queer cities, you need to look at like, okay, what what cities have like ordinances and places where city buildings require gender neutral bathrooms, or like, um, uh, what what kind of what kind of cities have in their employment documentation allow you to choose a gender other than male or female? Um, that's what you should really be looking at those kinds of things and not just like, like, and Ariana Grande, like, <laughs> like, I know, I know you get a modest amount of life from Carly Rae Jepsen. I get a serious amount of life from yeah, Carly Rae Jepsen. Like, you wouldn't be alive right now had it not been for emotion. Um, but I certainly don't feel like my listening, uh, to Carly Rae Jepsen's album a thousand times <laughs> makes me particularly a queer advocate. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not... Well, and also, like, those things specifically are looking at, like... Those things specifically are looking at population. Like, Janet Jackson isn't going to come to Bismarck, North Dakota. She just isn't. Like, why? Um, And and so, like, places with large enough populations or large enough surrounding populations are disadvantaged in that. So it's a pointless... Like, from a statistical standpoint, it's a pointless... Um, it's a pointless thing to think about. Um, even like, like, uh, I'm just surprised that something like, um, amount of gay bars isn't even on here. Cause like even that has some sort of historical quality to it. Well, and you know, granted nobody is taking the advocates queer city in America survey seriously as a document of, of, 
where we stand as a community. But nobody who should be taken seriously right. to begin with is taking those seriously. Yes. But it does make an I think makes an interesting point about how we still see the queer experience as sort of being strictly for gay white men who have ex- who have disposable income. Because that's really who we're talking about here. And that's, you know, if you're going to get to go to a Shanti Beachbody event and can go see Madonna in concert, you're certainly not some queer homeless kid who's been kicked out of their house and is trying to find a place to sleep for the night. Okay, but is that before or after the Scream Queens Marathon? You are the worst. No, I'm not. I'm the best. What are the other cities? Um, the other cities uh, in the countdown, uh, so... 15 is Berkeley. Berkeley is city number... Berkeley, California. California, city number 15. Um, Manchester, New Hampshire. Waterbury, Connecticut. Which, let me tell you, if you've never been to Waterbury, Connecticut, good on you. Um, (laughs) Eugene, Oregon. Rochester, New York. I mean, granted, Rochester has given us Miss Kasha Davis... Darien Lake and Pandora Box, so maybe they should have been disqualified. And they can keep them. Boulder, Colorado, Edison, New Jersey, Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Lies, Liza Minnelli, lies. Salt Lake City, where people have literally been kicked out of parks for kissing their same-sex partner. But you can go see Madonna. <laughs> so long as you're Mormon, right? You know. Um, San Francisco, Washington, D.C., New Haven, Connecticut, St. Louis, Missouri, Cambridge, Massachusetts, Inglewood, California, and as I said, Hartford is the number one city. And, you know, as someone who works in downtown Hartford and, you know, I would never consider Hartford to be the queerest city in America. Not that gays are getting bashed on the street corners every day, but the amount of things that are available for queer people, you know, it there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of services and opportunities and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, giving queer people the real place in the community. Mm-hmm. Well, and like, I always have that conversation with people who are from Connecticut. They like, it's not as progressive here as people like to think it is. It's a very different kind of oppression that exists in, in the Northeast. Um, it may not necessarily be as open as being called a faggot when you're walking down the street, but it's really not that far from it because it's other things. It's um, it's it's simpler things. Um, I can't believe New Haven's on this list either. Like, girl, get a grip, advocate writer. Somebody needs to be fired. <laughs> well, but it but it, I think it speaks to the lens the lens through which we look at gay experience. We think queer. They're calling queer, you know, Ryan Murphy's life. That's yeah. like, if, if you live the life of Ryan Murphy, then you get to... I don't think even Ryan Murphy wants to live the life of Ryan Murphy. So, I mean, it, it, to me, this list was a, it was a really interesting look inside how we still are... We're still privileging white men. Honestly, we're still privileging white men in in this community and like those mm-hmm. those voices the, those folks who have the most money and those voice people who have the most privilege and the most room to speak are the ones who are defining the conversation for mm-hmm. for the rest of our queer community that we're really leaving behind in a lot of ways yes so are we moving on or is there a concluding thing you want to talk about about Hartford or should we move on to our next topic or so yeah i guess we'll just 
move on, then I'll figure <laughs> out some way to I don't, I, I slide know if those want, things together. I don't know if you wanted to conclude it or something. It's not yeah, like, well, I don't that know. That felt so very like, conclusive. Okay, did it? I don't know. Just, All right. I did, did. Cool. Um, so, and then, so the third thing, the third of our three queer things, the last thing to chat about today, this is... Um, last, but definitely not, not least. Not least. Uh, this is February, so it's um, Black History Month, and we thought that we would share a couple of black queer artists that, if you don't know about, you should check out. There's definitely nothing more appropriate than two white guys on the internet talking about black artists. Hey, it's something. Representation matters. It matters. Um, so I would love to put forth my my choice of, like, black queer artists you need to go check out. Shamir. Shamir. Um, he, is, he has an album called Ratchet. Wait, before we keep going, is he the pronoun? <laughs> I just want to make sure. Like, because I'm... No, he says, call me whatever you want. Okay, so we can go with he. Okay, continue. So I'll, I'll go back to it. So um, I would like to, my black queer artist uh, to fall in love with is Shamir, who is uh, a pop singer, songwriter. Person. Pop person. <laughs> He's a pop person. Um, Put that on my resume. I'm Shamir a has an album, uh, I think it was last year, released an album called Ratchet, and uh, it has some of the most fierce pop tracks that uh, are out there right now. And he's mm-hmm. he's really exciting to me because he is very, uh, he's very open about his sort of the same, he's this sort of androgynous um, femme embracing artist as well. So he's not trying to put on some sort of like queer pose and he's, the album is just absolutely fantastic and completely worth knowing. If you don't know the album, you should definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. He's a really interesting music artist who is very openly queer and um if we want to get super analytical um there's something really interesting aesthetically speaking about the way he delivers um rap in his music um specifically on the regular um the actual way that the vocalizations come out there's something that isn't aggressive yet the lyrics are very similar to that of a hip-hop song um, it, he's saying that he's the best, and he's saying that he's, like, the greatest, and he's amazing, and that's what he is on the regular, so you know. Um, so, like, lyrically, thematically, um, it's very similar to hip-hop, yet the the um, delivery of, of the lyrics are very casual, almost, in nature. Um, so, like, to a certain extent, you could argue, like, Shamir is queering the form of rap. Um, I like that. Which, of course you do. Uh <laughs> Which I think is like it's it's why I keep like coming to that video and coming to listen to that, um, and like um, even his uh, um, uh, "Call It Off" is a really great music video as well because it involves Muppets, but um, the way where he's just singing and it's just like that, and then suddenly the chorus hits and he's like just falsetto way up there out of nowhere, like no build up, it just happens. Um, it's it's almost like like a queering of that kind of um, song. So yeah, and. On the album, there's a song called Demon, which I play constantly, uh, over and over, on repeat. It's a fabulous sort of queer ballad of 
self hate and empowerment all together. It's kind of wonderful. So check it out, Shamir Ratchet. Cool. Listen to it over and over again. Do I get to do an artist too? Okay. Um, so then, um, being boring in the way that I am, the artist I would like to talk about um, that you should fall in love with, the black queer artist you should fall in love with, is um, Glenn Ligon. Um, I first saw his work in Nebraska, um, and I was immediately struck by what he was saying. Uh, Glenn Ligon tends to talk mostly about race in his work um, and his identity. Uh, he also does explore his sexuality um, and how that intersects with his uh, identity as a black male um, and how the two conflict. Um, but the first works of his that I saw were these lithographs that he produced where he um, took the language from runaway slave ads and edited them to more explicitly describe himself. Because um, uh, the story goes that he was reading, researching one day and, and was reading this uh, ad for um, this person trying to find the runaway slave and he realized that it sounded like him. So he took some illustrations and paired them with this text that he um, semi-fabricated, mostly appropriated. Um, and it's, it's really interesting and powerful work because um, it directly ties the contemporary black experience to slavery um and then uh another uh one one of his more um powerful works as well um are a series of paintings he does where he takes coloring page books of black figures mainly um mainly uh malcolm x gives them to children and has them draw on it and then he makes large-scale paintings of those so you get like malcolm x with like weird pink lips and stuff like that and it's kind of funny but also kind of like this is what children see or this is what children think they should do. Um, there's one where it looks like Malcolm X is in blackface. That's like really hard to look at. Um, and then he has a whole series of textually based um, neon sculptures that are super interesting to look at. Um, even the usage of neon is interesting. How sometimes he'll black out the front so the glow comes from behind it on the wall and it's not actually glowing directly at you, but you can still read it because of that glow. So yeah, that's me being boring. I don't have any fun songs for you to listen to. Instead, you get to think about slavery and be sad. Well, we'll what we'll do is we'll link uh, to all the stuff that we kind of talked about on the website. So you can go there and check out his work and Shamir and some of the performances of the queens that we talked about. And we'll link to the Advocate article so that you can get really ticked off about that. So just um, keep a Shamir song in the background while you think about slavery and get sad. I re on the regular is what I would <laughs> recommend, because that makes you feel better about anything. Even slavery. Even <laughs> is that going to make it? Can we know. say that? <laughs> it's the internet, but can we say that? I think, well, we'll find out. I feel really good about slavery. I'm cutting that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we will catch you next week. Next week! We're going to aim for next week. We'll talk about uh, more queer things. Thanks for listening to Bearded Fruit. Bye!